0: Hey, it's Konzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more, and leave us some feedback. Away we go.
1: Initialize sequence.
0: Welcome to The Baldcast.
2: A production of John Canzano's Baldface Truth.
0: Radio show's been cooking this week. Do I sound cool saying that? Kyle Whittingham, Utah coach, was on the show earlier in the week. Jonathan Smith was on. Nick Aliotti, when his scratchy voice was on. Dan Lanning, the Oregon coach, is coming on here in just a second. Kirk Herbstreit on tomorrow's show. What do you want from me? What do you want from me? Here's what Kyle Whittingham said about Oregon in his visit earlier this week.
2: On to Oregon now. Uh, Really good football team. Uh, Very balanced. Good offense. Really good offense. Really good defense. So there is no weakness. They're a complete team. Hands down, the number one offense in the league as far as yards per game—five hundred and fifty yards or somewhere in that neighborhood. Great quarterback, great leader, competitor. Like I said, balanced—about uh, two thirty rushing and you know three something, three twenty passing. But again, they're playing really good defense. They're they're top third of the league in pretty much every defensive category. So,
1: so no weakness.
0: Kyle Whittingham says Oregon does not put its pants on one leg at a time. Here to talk about it, Dan Lanning. Is it true you guys jump into your uniform pants two legs at a time?
2: <laughs> Not true. Not true. We have plenty of weaknesses <laughs> we need to fix. So how you doing man?
0: I'm doing well. I just I love having you guys on. Cause he's he's a he's a really good coach and you're a really good coach and but he's never going to say anything that is going to inflame you guys. He's just going to play above the fray all the time, and I think you do the same thing.
2: Yeah, well, he, obviously their team's been elite and they won the championship the last two years. But I think that speaks to it. So he does a great job, man. He's uh, and and is able to adjust and adapt based on his personnel, and it's obviously really apparent again this year.
0: All right, so how do you? game plan for a team that I saw them in person against Florida in game one. I was there. They're a way different team than that game. They're way different than the team that lined up against Oregon State. They've had, you know, they're playing guys that were on the other side of the ball now.
2: Well, you know, it's that's really college football and, and the fact that nobody really looks the same week one as they look week seven or week eight. Um, I think this team's, you know, truly that, that same uh, you know, they fall from that same line. They They've they've changed as the season goes on, and they've gotten better, and they've improved. And uh, obviously, they always play a physical brand of football. I think that shines through uh, even more uh, now than it, than it ever has. You go look at that two minute drive at the end of the USC game. You're talking about a tough team to be able to convert in some of those moments. A tough quarterback to convert in some of those moments. So, really impressive group, and they've always played really good football. And we know they're an even better team when they're at home. So we have to play our best.
0: You know, after that game, Whittingham talked about his quarterback being a pig farmer. Do you have a Do you have a kid who grew up on a farm on your team? You must have a farmer on your team.
2: Yeah, I certainly think we've got some uh, guys that are, are, have been on a farm. I don't know if we have any pig farmers. You know, that's unique. Um, definitely unique.
0: You grew up on a farm, though. You grew up on, like, six acres, right? I mean, come on.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely grew up on a farm. You know, after you got home from uh, school or practice, you know, we had to go out and feed cattle and, uh, do some of that stuff. So got, got to, I didn't have to, we got to go feed cattle. Um, so yeah, that's, that part of the job, uh, back in my heyday.
0: We had a steer when I was a kid and you know, you, when you have a steer step on your toe, that's a thing. Like that's next level. Like, you know, 1500 pound animal that's standing on your foot. It, you know, people don't understand. I'm like, Oh, what a cute, like go, nah, you know, from a distance they're cool.
2: Yeah, that doesn't sound like any fun at all. Um, now I always remember the days that, you know, you give the, the cattle you have to, like, do the veterinary comes out, and you're hitting them with shots and different stuff like that, and that was always an intriguing day to me, because you're trying to get them grow out and put in the booth. You know, one thing we did, my grandpa would go to, like, the Wonder Bread store, and he would buy all of the bread that was, like, a day old or two days old, and one of my brother's and I's job was to rip the bread open, throw it in a, a huge trash can, and that's what we would feed the cows. But if you came across something good, like, you had to make a decision. Like, okay, this glazed donut's only a day old. Why not, <laughs> right? And so you'd be sitting in the back of a truck, you'd rip open this, and you're like, yeah, I'm not giving this to the cow, this cinnamon raisin bread. Come on now. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm tapping in on that. It's only one day. There's no mold.
0: There's nothing um, wrong with it. So, yeah.
2: Nothing oh, wrong at all.
0: I love it. Hey, uh, you guys uh, on the offensive line are very physical. I don't I don't think those guys get enough credit. Um you know, we talk about Bucky Irving or Jordan James, but what what's happening on the offensive line with this team this season? Can can you maybe let our listeners know a little bit about those guys up front?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone's quick to point out the success that our offense has had, and I, I hope everyone realizes you don't have uh, a great passing offense or a rush offense without an offensive line. And uh, it's been a really cohesive unit. You know, I think everyone kind of questioned the group coming into the season because they didn't necessarily play together. Um, but there's several guys along that front that have done an unbelievable job. I think our coaching staff there with Coach Terry and some of the support he gets from uh, Coach Cavanaugh and Coach Cutter, they, those guys have done an unbelievable job along with Coach Stein and the rest of the offensive staff of putting together a plan that our guys can execute and show off some of their strengths.
0: Jackson Powers Johnson, I, you know, I see him out there, and he seems to be more vocal, taking maybe a little bit of a leadership role. And Am I seeing that right?
2: Yeah, you're 100% on. um, He's a guy that's a great example of, you know, we had a a unit last year that played a lot of snaps together, and he was kind of that sixth guy that was always in the mix, and he didn't play as much as he probably could have played last year, but it's a great example of a guy developing in our offense, and he's always been extremely talented, um, and he's he's able to help us, and now this year he's really thriving because of it um, and his development, his growth, but really because of the player he is. He's a really talented player. I don't know if you remember when I first got here, we actually let him play some defensive line, too. So mm. he's uh, he's an athletic kid um, that's really grown up this year. I think everybody's seeing what he's, you know, able to do and his potential.
0: And I think uh, it was, like, in the Alamo Bowl or he played a little D-line, and then he – I think he was playing guard, wasn't he, a little bit?
2: Yeah, he's a guy that can kind of play anywhere along, um, you know, in the front as far as, you know, guard to center guard. Um if we had to, he's one of those guys that we would ask to come play nose if we needed it. Um, but he's been really good for us this year. He's making a lot of communication calls up for the offensive line and has done a really good job. All
0: right. Uh, I've been uh, thinking about something that one of the, one of the other coaches said. They, they were looking at another game, not your game, and they were saying, oh, that's a trap game. Do you believe in the concept of a trap game, or do you think – There's only 12 of these games. How in the hell could a kid ever not be excited about getting onto the field and playing in a game?
2: Well, they're not wired like me if they're not excited to get on the field for every single game, but I'm not going to acknowledge that that probably doesn't exist. I'll say this. There's nobody in our building that would ever believe this game would be that if that's um, what you're insinuating. Like I said, these guys just won the Pac-12 championship last year. Um, I think our guys do a really good job of handling each game. The next game is the most important game, and that's – Certainly the reality of going against these guys, no doubt about it.
0: All right, Dan Lanning is with us, Oregon football coach. Are you watching a movie on the flight? Do you? How do you guys fly? Do you travel watching a team movie, or what do you do?
2: No, uh, we just hop on a plane. I'll have my playlist going, uh, you know, listen to some music probably or uh, an audio book, and uh, I'll probably just be making notes for staff meeting that next day and uh, anything else that we need to kind of clean up. Might might catch a little bit more film on that flight um as we travel
0: you got an audiobook recommendation or uh, a song on your playlist you want to share with us
2: i've been listening to some john prine you probably don't know who that is um but he's kind of a throwback it's one of the ones my dad used to listen to and uh, he's pretty good a couple songs there hello in there and a couple different songs
0: it's like country folk music right country folk
2: yeah it's it's definitely different, but and I never would have stumbled upon it if it wasn't for my dad. But I actually like a lot of the music my dad listens to, um, so that's what I was on today. But tomorrow it could certainly be something different. Zach Bryan's kind of a new uh, country artist, but I'm not a mm-hmm. big country guy, but I actually really like him. I think he's he's pretty good. For not a country guy now,
0: I'm not really a country
2: guy. Yeah, but you know, say that, but... but
0: you're giving me country songs over and over again.
2: I know. Well, I mean, but most of the time i tell you about Trick Daddy or uh, something else, you know, Mumford and Sons or something else. <laughs> okay. So I guess I like variety is the answer. It depends on what yeah. mood I'm in that day. I'm I'm reading the book. Tim Grover came and spoke to our team. He was a guy that worked with Michael Jordan and Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant uh, a lot. Um, and his book, Winning, you know, has some good anecdotes in there that I've been able to kind of pick up on, and that's one that I've buzzed through um, quite a bit this season. And uh, whenever I get a little bit of time, I – hop back into it and look for some, you know, different pieces that might help our team. But it's been a good read.
0: All right. Here's something along those lines that I I, I noticed, you know, I've covered five Olympics, like all these big sporting events from the Kentucky Derby to the Super Bowl to the Final Four and everything. Mm -hmm. And I noticed something in doing that over the years. I noticed that there was like this congruency of vision that is obvious, with winners, And I don't care if it's a horse racing team or an NFL team or a baseball team, it's like president to GM to coach to players all the way down the line. Everybody kind of knows the mission. How important is that or how hard is that to build when you arrive at Oregon in year one to go, okay, we need to have this lineup. Everybody needs to know, you know, the direction we're going. How explicit do you have to be to get that to, to line up?
2: Yeah, it's it's uh, definitely a challenge, but I think that's that's what makes a team, right? Is when everybody can share the same vision and the same goal. And I'd say we're a lot more uh, in line this season than, than we were in uh, last season. I think that's just that's not uh, anything towards our players as much as it's towards me learning experience of, you know, how do you illustrate that vision? Uh, how do you manage the personalities? There's so many personalities on. A football team, it makes it a lot different than any other sport. You know, basketball, you get got five guys on the on the court. And in football, we're going to have a ton of guys that touch the field. So um, it's just a way different deal. And I think it's really important to illustrate, hey, here's what I think is important how we're going to win this game, but also maybe just important to give your players a voice and see what they think is going to be important in that game. And, you know, coming to a conclusion together, like, okay, if we do these things, that's going to create success. And it might mean I don't have – you know, 25 carries, and it might mean I don't have 10 catches or 10 tackles or a sack, but if it equates to a win, isn't that what we all want? So, um, you know, that's the battle in football. It's a selfless sport, and when you can get everybody to buy into the vision and the execution that's required, I think you can have a lot of success.
0: Here's the cool thing, too, because you can get, like, John Prine sitting uh, somebody listening to John Prine sitting in, like, seat 4A, and then next to him somebody's listening to Lil Wayne – and then you know it's like you have this diversity in a locker room in football that's unlike anything. From all these backgrounds, isn't that an awesome thing to see all of that harnessed in one direction?
2: Yeah, it's it's really cool. In fact, you know we're getting on the plane tomorrow, and one of you know Jackson. You mentioned Jackson earlier, you know today. Every time we get on a plane for an away trip, he shoots me a song that I probably would never listen to otherwise, and I shoot him a song that he's probably. Would never have listened to. I think the last one he sent me was like Metallica or something, which I wouldn't. I wouldn't put that in my genre. But uh, it's pretty neat to be able to be in a place, kind of a melting pot of people, and uh, working towards the same goal. All
0: right. Uh, before you go here, uh, you know, give me an idea. With a lot of talk in the last week about signs and stealing signs and all that, that's has you know, been as long as they've been given signs. People have been trying to steal them, but. You know, how much of an advantage is it or disadvantage is it if I can tell you, or maybe I can tell if you're in man or you're in zone, if I can pick up one of your signs? How much of an advantage is that to me? Or is that still a case of, eh, it's it's an advantage, but you still got to stop us?
2: It's a huge advantage. (laughs) It's an absolute huge advantage if you know uh, what, what somebody's playing. You know that's part of the, the job of trying to hide and disguise what you do from a coverage standpoint no different than um, it's a huge advantage if you know it's a run or a pass that's that's definitely would would uh, affect the game for sure
0: have you ever felt like somebody was onto your signs or have you ever been on a staff maybe at a different stop you've been at a bunch of different stops where I'm sure like people have talked and said you know when you have coaches that go over to the other side you got to change the signs every year
2: Oh yeah yeah absolutely you have to make sure that you're you know continually to adjust you know what you do um, and make sure you're having change-ups and different live signalers and um, that's definitely part of the game something that you want to make sure um, you're always protecting for your own team. Um, I've, I've been a part of a team before where you felt like hey they might have an indication of what your signs might be and I think there's a lot of options there like Okay, just hold your call and wait till they make an offensive call. And if they don't make yeah. an offensive call, then they're going to get delayed a game. Right? They can't wait forever, um, you know. And I, yes, it can create an absolute advantage, but I think it's also a little bit on you to make sure you're protecting your team and, like I said, taking some steps to not always have the exact same signals, not always have the exact same person signaling. So um, there's methods, but if you don't know that somebody has your signals, obviously that can create you know a real disadvantage.
0: All right, tell me what I'm looking at when, you know, the, you guys are on defense. Offense comes to the line of scrimmage early in the play clock, but they line mm-hmm. up they're gonna, like they're going to call a play, and then they back off and they look to the sideline. And then, obviously, then we look to your sideline and there's a bunch of scrambling, and you guys are changing as they're changing formations. You know, there's a little chess game going on there. What are we seeing? As, as, as Help fans out who maybe can learn something today.
2: Yeah, so the reality there is the offensive team never really probably had a play called, right? They have a dummy call to start, um, you know, a change of cadence, and they might even be trying to hard count. A lot of times you'll see them clap, and if the defense jumps, they didn't really even have a play called, but they're going to go ahead and throw a pass down the field because it's a free play. Um, And then their offensive coordinator is probably down on the field or somebody up top is telling them, hey, it looks like they're in man and then they're trying to call their best answer for a man. And then on defense, you got to make the decision. Okay, they checked the sideline, they killed on the sideline. Do we want to change our call um, and risk the chance that nine of our players get the check and two of them don't? Or okay. um, do we want to go ahead and ride with the call we had? We have a good disguise. We don't think they know what we're actually in. And uh, adjust and adapt. And then some defenses you'll build where your players on the field know that there's an automatic check when they check. So if they check. Um, we're going to automatically check to this, and everybody on the field knows what we're checking to, um, and we can go execute it. But obviously that takes great players and great communication on the
0: field. I love that. See, Pete, you just made everybody smarter. You gave us a song, you gave us a book, and you made us smarter. See? Thank you. Let's go. Let's do this. All right. All right, good luck. I will see you at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Uh, Give them hell. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I know you won't say this. I think you got the better team. uh, But road games are dicey. So, uh, you know, go get them.
2: I appreciate it, John. It's going to be a battle. Thank you.
0: Dan Lanning, there he goes. He gave us a book. He gave us a song. And, uh, you know, he's telling you what's happening there when you see the offense go to the line of scrimmage and then uh, back out. And then you see the defense looking to the sideline and then. Uh, we're all watching 20 seconds expire while the two teams' the uh, you know, coordinators are playing chess. Steven, did he change your mind there? You know, you've been a believer that the Michigan sign-stealing thing isn't a big deal. Dan Lanning seems to indicate that, yeah, it would be a big deal. He
3: also indicated, though, that a good coaching staff would just change the signs and be, you know, make it so there's dummy yeah. signs and change it up a little bit. So no, because like I understand if you know what play is coming, yeah, it's going to be a big deal. But I put that also on the coaching staff of the team that's getting their signs stolen. That it, it's got to be on them as well. Uh, you know, speaking of that, they just came out and TCU. They said Ross Dellinger tweeted out that TCU coaches had known about the elaborate sign yeah. stealing in Michigan. And they changed all their signs before the game. They had dummy signs, so the signs didn't matter. That Michigan thought they were stealing. Like I just think it's on the coaches and the team staff.
0: So it is, but you shouldn't break the rules, right? Do we agree on that? Like, yeah. hey, it, it maybe it's not that big a deal if if they know you have the sign, you just change it, and you can obviously get the catch them enough times where they don't trust that they have the sign stolen. But I also think there's a reason the NCAA has that rule, like no advanced scouting, no in person scouting. You can't. Videotape from across the field. Michigan broke the damn rule. I agree on that.
3: like Michigan should be punished because they broke the rule. I just don't think it should be a very serious punishment because I don't I, I feel like most teams are trying to push the boundaries and get as much advantage as they can. So I just it's not a big deal to me.
0: You know what they should do? I wish the NCAA could do this. They, they should let the Vegas bookmakers tell the teams what that advantage is worth in points. And so all of Michigan's opponents this year, get to start by, you know, they're ahead by six points. That's what the advantage is determined to be. And Michigan in, has to decide if it's worth it to steal the signs, yeah, give up six yeah. points. You can steal the sign if you want. Keep doing what you're doing, but you have to give six and a half points to Ohio <laughs> State before you kick off against them. All right, I want you to leave it here. Five at five coming up top of the hour. Tomorrow on the program, Bill Ridley from ESPN 700 will be on the show. Kirk Herbstreet from... ESPN's uh, College Game Day and Amazon's NFL Thursday Night Football will be on the show. Herb Street's got a weird day. He is uh, in Buffalo tonight for the Buccaneers-Bills game on Amazon Prime. And then he is traveling to Salt Lake City tomorrow. He'll join us on the show tomorrow right at 3 o'clock. Then he will be part of the ESPN College Game Day broadcast on Saturday morning in Salt Lake City. And then he will turn around after that broadcast and fly to Los Angeles, and he'll be at the Rose Bowl for Colorado and UCLA on ABC alongside Chris Fowler on Saturday. So he's got kind of a uh, whirlwind of appearances, and we are smack dab in the middle of it with Herb Street on tomorrow's show. Um, I asked people for questions for Herb Street. I got a lot of good questions that people tweeted at me, people... Uh, Posted in the comments of the column that I posted today at johnconzano.com. So uh, we'll get uh, we'll, we'll talk to Herb Street about a bunch of stuff, including Al Michaels and college football playoff rankings coming out next week. And, and what he thinks of Oregon and Utah. And what he thinks of the Pac-12 teams. How will Oregon do in the Big Ten? What does he make of Washington State and Oregon State now? All of the uh, hullabaloo about Pat McAfee and Lee Corso. Herb Street was in the middle of that. We'll talk to him about all of that on tomorrow's program. Now, Dan Lanning was just on. And, by the way, really good interview with Lanning. Great interview earlier in the week with Kyle Whittingham, Utah's coach. We had both coaches on. We had Jonathan Smith on. We had Nick Gagliotti on. I mean, really good guests this week on the show. I always say we're not home of the Ducks. We're not home of the Beavers. We're not home of the Blazers. We're home of the truth, and we get the guests. And so um, I really love doing those interviews. And But Lanning brought up... The uh, folk music, the country folk music of John Prine, singer-songwriter. I think he died about two, three years ago. But really good songwriter and really good lyrics on his songs. But, Stephen, you have some John Prine that you you want to cue up here.
1: Is there ever enough space between us? Keep was both honest and true Why is it so hard just to sit in the yard And stare at the sky so blue I got a new way of walking And a new way of talking Honey, when I'm around you But it gives me the blues When I got some good news And you're not there to bring it to Life is a blessing It's a delicatessen of all the little favors you do. All wrapped up together, no matter the weather. Baby,
0: you always come free. <laughs> Lanning, he, Lanning even, uh, the what's the name of that song?
3: That is I called did. You Got Gold.
0: All right, Lanning texted me two songs just now. you must be listening. He he texted me, hello in there, from John Prine. And then he he Texted me. Your flag decal won't get you into heaven anymore. Um, let's cue one of those up. Which one do you want to want to find there? Hello in there, or your flag decal won't get you into heaven? Oh yeah, anymore. I'm
3: looking up uh, hello in there right now. So okay, will, uh...
0: so this was a recommendation from. Uh, from Dan Lang we'll do this. So uh, we'll get this up here shortly, and we we'll get the, right. we'll get the live version. Too, get the so. live version. Yeah. Why not? We'll
3: see. Uh, we'll see what old John Prine sounds like. It's live not here. for
0: it's not for everyone. It's not. But I like. I get bored with music. I can't listen to one kind of thing all the time. I gotta. I I, I like a little variety. Like the preamble there. It's real melting in.
1: We had an apartment in the city. And me and Loretta liked living there. Well, it's been years since the kids have grown. A life of their own And left us alone John and Linda live in Omaha And Joe is somewhere on the road And we lost Davey in the Korean War And I still don't know what for it don't matter anymore. You know that old trees just grow stronger. And old rivers
2: grow out. We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the
0: Baltic. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but.